Hey, Browns fans, before we get started, just want to thank the sponsors of today's show. Head to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S right now and use promo code dogs when you check out. Take advantage of the 50% off site-wide sale, plus you'll get eight free burgers with your order. And again, use that code dogs when you check out to get $30 off your order. And Danger Coffee. Get 10% off at dangercoffee.com slash dogs. Use promo code dogs. 10% off mold-free, toxin-free, delicious coffee. A name to keep an eye on that can really change what some teams do with wide receiver is, I I keep hearing Justin Jefferson's like not a lock to be back in Minnesota. I agree, which is crazy to me. He had said that he doesn't want to sign a deal until he knows Kirk Cousins is coming back. Correct. And if he's not coming back, they're they're essentially going to be rebuilding. Yeah, and Jefferson's not going to resign, and they're not going to let him just walk. Right. So you got to, it's going to be like a a Tyreek, I mean, what does Justin Jefferson command? Uh, now that's a big trade. It's you know what I mean, crazy. And, and I would. That's not the. If they're gonna let Gabe Davis go in free agency, then they're gonna clear eighty percent of this dude's dead cap it if they trade him June first or post June first. I could see them making like a push to go get a Justin Jefferson and then to pair him with who, who's the other uh, guy in there? Clear Shaker. Are you talking Shakir. about Shakir? Yeah, Shakir. And then they, they got um, Don Kincaid. Kincaid. And then, yep. I mean, you put Jefferson on that team, and you. T- I mean, they might have lost Diggs in uh, Davis, but they their wide receiver core got better. Yeah, Justin Jefferson's like a, a one-two guy in yeah. terms yeah. of the, in the league. Um, him, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, still probably. I mean, those are like your your top three. I I would say. Um, so I think Justin Jefferson's future could play like a big. It could send a ripple effect in terms of what teams do at the wide receiver position, depending on where he lands. So that's a name I would keep an eye on. Um, I'm not, I haven't heard anything that Buffalo could be in on him, but they just, they know they're in their window with Josh Allen. Right. So they're, I think they're going to be going up there and they're going to be hacking away and they're going to be, and they're going to be looking for that home run move that puts them over the edge because they've been this close now, how many years with, with them and they haven't been able to get over the hump. So that's, that's a name I would keep an eye on. Um, I know some people are saying it's more likely we're going to settle for Gabe Davis in this situation. Um, and I know like some people are not big fans of that. I know some people in the discord aren't, I don't think you are Josh. Um, if I'm being honest though, I think that is the route. The Browns are way more likely to go this off season than a big splash move. If, if Gabe Davis comes to Cleveland and, my objection to having him come is not so much a Gabe Davis objection per se. It's more the, and it's just the, it's spot tracks market value estimation for him. They're, they're projecting like a 13, what was it? 13.6. Yeah. I saw the ones I saw was like you, uh, 12 million a year at like somewhere like three or 37 million. You so, know. and that's just the thing. I was like, that was, that's kind of a lot of money for a guy that I consider to be more of a one trick pony. Like he's a, he's a good downfield threat, but if you're trying to do anything in, on the intermediate portion of the field, which is where good quarterbacks and good offenses can can win, I don't think he's your guy. He's had some big games. Dude. He's had crazy he's big had a games. Couple big games, but then he disappears for streaks. Also, like, and I, I mean, also he's the number I two mean, on that team. So okay. he's the number two, right? He and, is. and the I number understand. one had his targets cut in half. Right. 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 Yep. You know what I mean. But I mean, it was so I was talking to somebody actually on social media and I was just looking, they were saying, Oh, Gabe Davis, first of all, they said he's elite. I said, Well, let's see. What he had a he had games of two, one, three, three, one, zero, two, zero, zero, two, zero. 
receptions this yeah. past season. That's a lot of games of not a whole lot of catches. Right. I mean, there. I I agree with Blake what he's saying. Like they call him Big Game Dave, uh, Gabe for a reason. Like he's had like monster, like three touchdown, like game breaker games, but they're like very few and far between. Like so, here's what I'm looking at his career stats so far. Mm-hmm. His rookie year in 2020, he had 599 yeah. yards. Then he had 549. And then in 2022, when their offense kind of exploded, he had 836 yards. Yep. And then this year, even with like the passing game falling off a cliff second half of the season, still had 746 yards. His average 17.1 yards per catch, 15.7, 17.4, 16.6. 16. Six touchdowns, the lowest amount he's ever had in his career. Yeah, he does, he does put up touchdowns, mm-hmm. it seems. You know what I mean? So to me, this is the kind of guy that... I, I keep I keep you know all these big names and I think like trading for Ayuk would be cool. I would definitely not hate that, but I just don't I don't think the Browns are going to do that. And we can I, I do want to get into the talk like do you think the Browns need to? And if they need to, why did we make the move at quarterback? We did well. I, that's fair. If we're are we doing that right now? Are we going into that? Because I think if we make that trade for Watson, right. Cause we needed a guy. We needed a next level guy. We got rid of Baker cause we said that he couldn't get it done with everything being perfect around him. But like as Browns fans, we continue to try and suggest ideas that we need to make everything perfect around this guy. Like, you know, so for me, I, I was talking to Josh. I'm like the guys that are in the free agent wide receiver, like market this year. Like, I don't think we're getting Mike Evans. I never thought we were really going to get T. Higgins, especially if they franchise tagged him and then they were looking to trade him. They're not trading him in division. Makes no sense to me. Right. Um, To the team they can't beat. Right. I'm not really (laughs) sold on Marquise Brown. You know what I mean? Like, Calvin Ridley is, to me, like, I like Calvin Ridley. He's an elite route runner, but don't we already have one of those on the team in, like, same age range? You know what I mean? Like, do we need two of the same kind of older guy? Um, So... I, to me, I'm like at the point where I'm like, well, who's left? Like there's Gabe Davis and, you know, there's some other guys like I, Tyler Lockett and stuff like that. But like, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I'm probably just going to do some stuff and like either through the, through the draft. Like, yeah. cause to me, I'm like, are we really going to pay tons of money? It's not like we're going to get these guys for cheap. Like they're not coming to Cleveland on, especially when there's other teams that need a wide receiver. Like I just, I just don't believe that. So that's kind of where my head's at right now. The problem with free agent wide receivers, and we've seen this over the years, like we were talking before the show, your your good, elite, younger wide receivers kind of in their prime, those guys don't ever hit the free agent market. They either get traded or they get extended to big money. And that's what happens. So what you see then the guys who do hit the free agent market end up getting overvalued a little bit because there's more teams fighting over, well, these are the guys in the free agent pool and we need a receiver. So you see a guy like Christian Kirk a few years ago got a shit ton of money right. and everybody was kind of shocked at how much the Jaguars paid for him, but they had to, to get him in there because they didn't have anybody at the time. He's actually played with and he's, and he's played he's very like well, he's played one, pretty honestly, well. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just it's saying fair. those kind of situations where you're not always going to get a guy that comes in and can play at a number one level. And I just don't think that's Gabe Davis's game. I just, I'm afraid that he's going to end up commanding a little more money than what the Browns I mean, we do need want a, to spend we've, there. We've said for years we need a deep threat. I mean, that's I, cool. I don't, it's not that, that I is, like I said, it's not yeah. that I don't like Gabe Davis. I'm hesitant on what's it going to cost. Right. 
I mean, is three year thirty seven million really that much? I don't know. Who I, I guess I it just depends. Like that's where I think we're we're just getting started on like. I mean, free agency hasn't even hit yet. Like, there's still deals to work out. Andrew Barry So, like, I'm very much in the belief that Andrew Barry's going to start working some magic, and you're going to oh, start yeah. hearing, "Oh, so and so's contract got restructured. This, you know, we're doing this, we're moving this money, you know, we're kicking it down the road or whatever." So, because right now we're not doing anything. Right, right now we're in the red. Like, <laughs> I, I you, you can't do you can't do anything right now. I think the Browns assume everybody's healthy. Okay, excluding Nick Chubb because we don't know. Right. Amari Cooper's healthy. Elijah Moore's healthy. Dave Njoku's healthy. Cedric Tillman's healthy. Um, Deshaun Watson's healthy. Okay. I think that is an offensive core that you can go win. We just won games with way worse. Right. You know what That's I mean? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think the Browns look at this team and think they need some high-level number two to, go, to pair with Amari Cooper. Uh, I think they need depth. Because it, if you once you get away from Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, then the stuff behind him that that's where I mean you could basically you could keep more uh, Cooper Tillman. Am I forgetting anybody? And you could pretty much probably cut the rest. Sadly because, enough, you yeah. know what I mean. And and so we need depth. I don't know if we necessarily need some high end. Number two to go with him. Now, am I saying I would turn it away? No, obviously not. But I don't think, I think the Browns are going, we made our big move. And our big move is supposed to elevate the guys around him. Right. He's right. not supposed to need to play on an all-star team. We, we moved on to this guy because we said it's not possible to continue to put an all-star team around a guy and then have to pay him what he wants. So if, if we give up three first-round draft picks, and we pay you $230 million, you have to elevate the guys around you. You don't get to play on an all-star team. I just watched a guy win a, a Super Bowl, the worst wide receiver core in football. Right, exactly. Well, and and you, it's a very good point. You also have to give that quarterback, you have to give any quarterback some weapons, which I don't disagree he already has. He's got Cooper, yeah. David Njoku. I think yes. that the Browns could make some moves. There might be some tight ends available that could actually come in and complement David Njoku very nicely this year. At wide receiver, there's here's a here's an instance. So I've been seeing some things about the Jaguars. If they decide to bring back Calvin Ridley, they have to give a second round pick. I think it is to the Falcons, okay. and they've got money tied up in other places. The most likely guy to get cut then would be Zay Jones. Zay Jones would be the type of wide receiver that I'd be pretty cool having come to play for the Browns and Deshaun Watson. He's not a high level wide receiver, but he's very competent, and I oh, think yeah. he could. I think he could excel with I liked Sean. him a lot until this year and then he just couldn't get on the field like it felt yeah. like he just had a knee injury for 17 weeks no like I, don't, I don't even know how many games he played this year but I, I had him in fantasy and I was like Jesus I'm never gonna get to use this guy <laughs> that's the but to that it to me is like the kind of names Browns yeah. fans should be looking out for yeah. right yeah the, the, these people are thinking we're gonna go trade for digs or imagine if we paired Justin Jefferson go all the Browns did go all in they went in two years ago when they traded for their quarterback. The pie in the sky is nice, but that's why. Mm-hmm. But we always talk about the pie in the sky. I know we, I I know we, we talked ever... about Stefan Diggs, but that's a topic that's been brought up, and yeah. I think we've kind of said why that's very unlikely to happen. Yeah, and, and we, we talked about this in the Discord today, and one of the guys was throwing out teams that have, he's like, look at all these teams that have two like high-level receivers. One thing that was in common for most of them, excluding the – even the Bengals in, in one instance here is, one, they didn't have quarterbacks that are were supposed to be top five quarterbacks. 
ex- except for the Bengals. But also yeah. the other criteria to this is, like you said, all those teams that have two, one of them was drafted. Yes. One of them's on a cheap deal. They hit on one of their draft picks. Yep. One, one of those guys is on, a, you know, Waddle. Or multiple. Devontae Smith. Uh, T. Higginson just got franchised. Jamar Chase, they were both drafted. Were, you know right. what I mean? That's, what, uh, that's who, I, who I was thinking. So they, they, they might be giving one guy a lot of money, but the guy who's opposite him, of him and who's a stud is on a rookie deal. I think they said what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they were both drafted by the Bucks. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you don't, there's not teams going out there just accumulate. They're not paying 60 Amari million. Amari Cooper was our go get a number one wide receiver trade. Correct. Yep. It, the, I guess, so my, my pushback to, all, to a lot of the guys in the Discord was just, it, what, like you said, at what point is, or have we gotten to where we, we fought and argued incessantly with people about how Baker needed everything around him to be perfect and you were just not going to be able to do that and you couldn't pay him 30 some million dollars a year and then keep the all-star team around right. him well we're paying our quarterback way more in 30 million right. so how do you expect to keep the all-star team around him your expectation should be more like we shouldn't need that well, this guy is supposed to be the guy who equals some of that out and carries yeah. these guys and shoulders the load and that kind of stuff so and i said it last year going into the season i'll say it again this year the the Browns are only going to get to go where they want to go if Deshaun Watson plays at a top five level, top eight fair. level. Yep. If he if he doesn't, the Browns aren't going to. The Browns have good enough players, and hopefully they'll have a good enough defense again, where we'll win nine plus games. Yeah, we'll make the playoffs, and hopefully the schedule's brutal. It is, brutal. but the <laughs> they're not going to go where they want to go if he doesn't play the way he's supposed to play. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you know my household runs on Omaha Steaks, and that's why I'm so excited that 50% off site-wide is back. That's right. It's Omaha Steaks President's Day sale, and right now, listeners of this show can go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, use promo code dogs when you check out, and get eight free burgers with your order. With the price of food and meat nowadays being sky high, these are my favorite sales of the year because nothing can beat... 50% off all the juicy, tender steaks, burgers, chicken, pork, seafood, etc. Plus grab a package with the caramel apple tartlets for dessert. I never order anything from Omaha Steaks without getting those caramel apple tartlets. Take advantage of this sale right now before it's over. That's 50% off site-wide at omahasteaks.com slash dogs. Use promo code dogs and get eight free burgers with your order. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc 
Elijah Moore, five foot 10, 180 pounds. He's 23 years old. He'll turn 24 here in March. So this dude's still pretty, pretty young. He's a young player to already have three years of NFL experience under his belt. Elijah Moore was born in Sunrise, Florida, grew up in Fort Lauderdale, played college football at Ole Miss. He was an early second round pick, if you remember, number 34 overall in 2021 by the New York Jets. And then the Browns traded the 2023 second round pick last offseason, pick number 42 overall in return for Elijah Moore. And, of course, the Jets sent us, along with Elijah Moore, a third-round pick. So another fleecing, honestly, by Andrew Barry in the trade. That's why I can't wait to see what he does this offseason. The Browns went out. They got a guy that they planned to start at wide receiver from day one. Gave up a second-round pick, but they made the Jets give them a third-round pick on top of it. It was just absolutely brilliant by Andrew Barry. We then used that third-round pick to draft Cedric Tillman. So essentially, Andrew Barry used pick 42 to acquire two wide receivers. Pretty pretty cool. And the Jets, just if you're wondering, they used our second-round pick then to select their center, Joe Tipman. So, in case you were wondering. Now, stats-wise, for Elijah Moore, he did play in all 17 games, so availability was not a problem. With Elijah, which, if you watched the Browns this year, you know that there were injuries aplenty, and I think at wide receiver, we did stay pretty healthy, which was good. Very, very good. That helped a lot. Elijah Moore had 104 targets, 59 receptions, 640 yards, and just two touchdowns. So all except those two touchdowns were actually career highs for him. The 104 targets, the 59 receptions, the 640 yards were all the best of his three-year career. And this this is kind of a funny stat. He also had nine carries for a whopping 11 yards. Super inefficient with those jet sweep plays. Elijah Moore, Jerome Ford. We said all year they were kind of competing to see who could be the best lateral runner on the team. And uh, Jerome Ford actually won by default because Elijah Moore had a 20-yard backward run against the, the Baltimore Ravens the first time we played the Ravens when DTR started. So the Browns and Kevin Stavansky, the play calling, the offense, they learned their lesson with Elijah Moore. Eight of those nine rushing attempts all came in the first five games. And that was it. After five games, they had seen enough. So they just completely stopped even trying to run the ball with him after that. Said, you know, we'll try it with Marquise Goodwin when he gets healthy. We ain't going to do it anymore with Elijah. So here's a stat that made me go, what? When I saw it. Elijah Moore had uh, 599 passing snaps this season. 269 of those were in the slot. 314 out wide. So he actually played out wide more than he played in the slot. That's, that, I guess, just coming away from the season without looking at the breakdown of the numbers, that was just not my takeaway. I, Elijah Moore's a slot receiver. That's what he is. That's what he did. But that is not what the Browns really used him primarily as at all. He, he was more used outside. So he was not isolated to that slot role like a lot of people might have thought, like I kind of assumed. The Browns were honestly, in my opinion, playing him out of position. But that was by necessity because... Who the hell else are we putting out wide? I mean, I guess it was DPJ for a minute, but then he was gone. And honestly, when he was here, he didn't do anything anyway. I got numbers on him in a second, but they had to use Elijah in different ways. And I think that's something they need to figure out this offseason. He, uh, like I mentioned with Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore did have five drops on the season. Player profiler information here, catchable target rate for Elijah. 
65.4%. His catch rate was, this is similar to Amari, 56.7%. But his true catch rate on those catchable targets, 86.8%. So again, same deal with Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore. A lot of their targets just were not great, but they caught more passes based on these numbers, based on these stats. They caught more passes than they should have based on the catchability of those targets. If none of that makes any sense, I'm really sorry. I, I'm not sure I explained that real well. I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, but they did really good. I guess the, the key takeaway here is when these guys were getting targeted and they were being thrown passes that were good passes, they were coming down with the catch. And they were still able to make catches on passes that were deemed uncatchable in the first place. So good job by both of these guys. Elijah Moore ran 147 routes first man. He ran 329 routes first zone. That's going to be the differential on all wide receivers, honestly, because again, 70% zone is what you're seeing. He had a 25.8% win rate against man, 63.2% win rate against zone. So if we compare that to Amari Cooper, it's interesting. So the man rates, the, the win rates against man coverage for Amari, Elijah, pretty much the same. But if you look at the zone coverage, Amari Cooper's zone route win rate was 47%. Elijah Moore was 63. That is insane. So what this tells me, if you're looking for a bright spot, if you're looking for some positivity at the wide receiver position heading into 2024, if the Browns can find a legit outside weapon, a legit wide wide receiver threat on the opposite side of the field of Mari Cooper, and they can keep Elijah Moore strictly in the slot, where I think that is where I think the slot is where he excels, and Elijah Moore can just just work that intermediate area of the field against zone coverage. Man, he could have a much better 2024. He could have a career year. And that, that for me is the optimistic side. That's the positive thinking, okay, we got to get somebody out opposite Amari to free up Elijah to do what he does best. His target, target separation against zone was 2.7. Remember Amari Cooper was 1.83. So almost an entire yard better than Amari Cooper against zone coverage. When Elijah Moore gets to operate in that intermediate area of the field in zone coverage, man, I'm telling you, this could be really, really good in 2024. We just got to get help at this position. In terms of production against the coverages, 13 receptions on 22 targets for 149 yards versus man, 59% catch rate, and 37 catches on 61 targets for 361 yards versus zone, a 60%, essentially the same catch rate against both coverages. So consistent, that's good to see. His A dot, this, I, I was not expecting to see this. Elijah Moore's dot average depth of target was 11.4 yards, just three yards uh, lower than Amari Cooper. So it's not like Elijah, Elijah Moore was only getting targeted on the short throws exclusively. And, you know, we just need to get him back in the slot and let him work because I think he can be a very good receiver. So I, I do think of all the receivers we're going to talk about outside of Amari Cooper, of course, but for the Browns, the one with the most potential is Elijah Moore. Cooper and Moore had the same catch percentage against zone coverage. It just goes back to the high number of uncatchable targets they received. And a lot of that has to do with, like I mentioned with the drops, several games with PJ Walker and DTR at quarterback. Now let's look at the contract. Elijah Moore is in the final year of his rookie deal, $24 million cap hit. Sorry, 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 sorry. That is not what I meant to say. 
2024 cap hit is not $24 million. His 2024 cap hit is just $3.1 million. So a super, super cheap, affordable option at the wide receiver position. This is, like I mentioned, a contract year for him. That could bode well for his production. You see, I, I've said this with Jed Wills. And there was somebody else I talked about in a contract year too. I can't remember who it was. But when these players get in these contract years, a lot of times you see them have their career or best career season to that point. And we could see that with Elijah Moore this year. Again, it's all going to hinge like everything with the availability and the performance of Deshaun Watson. So wheels up for Elijah Moore. Hopefully they can just get him back into position, let him run where he is successful. Let's get a legit threat on the other side of Amari Cooper. Yeah. Uh, well, good thing is, is the, the podcast offers great benefit. I have great health insurance. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> life insurance. Yeah. Um, so we want to, we want to jump in, talk about Greg Newsom's obviously coming up. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of like decision time for the Browns. I mean, in theory, you can make him play on it in, on the last year of his deal. I actually talked about that saying, you know, why not make a play on the last year of his deal? If you, if you don't know if you should pay him or not, then just make him play. Uh, I guess the thing you risk there then is if he balls out, you might have to pay him way more or he might just be ticked and leave. Or, um, But then there's a chance, you know, if he doesn't ball out, you sign him back for free or you can move on from him because he's not playing up to the standard. So it's a, it's a situation where I don't envy being Andrew Barry or Stefanski or Schwartz or those kind of guys making these kinds of tough, tough decisions. Yeah, so the Browns actually have until May 2nd to make the decision on Greg Newsom money-wise. So if they do decide to pick up Greg Newsom's fifth-year option, for everybody wondering, that means Newsom's 2025 season will be fully guaranteed $13.4 million. And any base salary that he would have here in 2024 that's not fully guaranteed would then become fully guaranteed, which for Newsom is none because 2024 is all guaranteed this year. Anyway, the only cornerback, I thought this was interesting, the only other cornerback from 2021 slated to make more on his fifth-year option than Greg Newsom is Patrick Sertain from the Broncos. That's crazy. First-round draft picks, they get those. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. actually it's funny. If you go look at what each player in the first round from 2021, what each guy's um, fifth-year option value is if they are picked up, it's like the top half of that first round. Because it's all based on your playing time. Your Did you make any Pro Bowls? Did you win an award? Like all that kind of stuff. So the numbers are kind of all sporadic in the chart, like for the top half. And then once you get to after halfway, it's pretty much just the, the first column for everybody. And then there's the guys like Greg Newsom that are, you know, worth more on a fifth year. But it just goes to show you looking at the fifth year option stuff that the first round's a crapshoot. Just because and people complain all the time, well, the Browns don't have any first round picks. If we're picking the second half of the first round, the odds of that guy being even wanting to be picked up for his fifth year option is pretty slim. Half the half the league's undrafted. That's fair. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, like obviously you wanna your chances of hitting on, you know, like franchise changing players, the higher your draft pick, obviously, the better, you know. But it's like you said, it's still a crapshoot. I mean the Browns That's not had, guaranteed. The Browns had top end first round draft picks my entire life been for sure awful for three-fourths of it look at carolina they just traded up for the number one pick and they're not even sure that that's their guy you know what i mean it's that's a lot of capital to go up and get a guy and then now you're not even sure look at the niners yeah how many first round draft picks did they give up 
And they then they used one on Trey Lance. He, yep. he, he played what twelve games? I four it was less than that. Yeah, four. Four. he started four uh, games first, for him. Not, yeah. four, you know what I mean? It, it's a yep. the draft is a total crapshoot. Now, what separates the good teams from the bad teams is uh, if you can hit on a fourth of your guys, and you can build a, a roster, an elite level roster, cheap. So you can pay, so you can sprinkle in some of those veteran guys yeah. that you can pay mm-hmm. to go with the young talent. Um, and I think Andrew Barry's done a great job of identifying talent. I mean, Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom, Greg Newsom, I think could be considered maybe streaky, you That's know, fair. but I feel like he's good more than he's bad. I think as a higher end, he's on the higher end of cornerbacks. Yes. Um, when he's in the slot, <laughs> when he's in the slot, when he's, <laughs> if he's on the outside, I'm, I'm not as sure about that, but I, you know what I mean? Like we, we, JOK played at a, a pro bowl For level sure. this year. Dewan Jones For looks sure. like a, the steal of the draft. So Andrew Barry has been really good at identifying talent outside of the first round. Obviously he's had some misses, but go find me the GM who has. Oh yeah. They all miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, that's the draft. We just said it's, it's a total crapshoot. I mean, last year, it's just interesting because last year, now people will look at contract situations and say, well, we should have never picked up Jed Will's fifth-year option last year. That was 100% the right move last year because we didn't know we were going to get Dewan Jones. Right. Correct. You have well, no idea. As far as you know, you've got your bookend tackles, your starting guys, you're locking them in. That's why they extended Conklin last year. We don't know we're going to go get a guy in the fourth round who's going to be a high-level starter his rookie season. And who knows what happens with... I know it's the right side, but Conklin's coming off another, like, major injury. Who right. knows what happens with him? I mean... I don't want to be, like, mean, or I don't even know how legal this is, but if I'm oh the boy. Browns, <laughs> I'm, like, asking that dude. I'm like, hey, man, it, it this is a rough game. Think about how <laughs> sore you are sometimes. Like, you, I bet you you could, you could take this money and just really enjoy retirement. Like... Go hang out with the wife and kids, man. You earned it. I'd be pushing that guy to retire because if he retires, we save a bunch of money. I mean, Conklin's not young. He's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I was, because I just did the offensive line state of the Browns and we really, there's not a whole lot we can, we can't cut him. Cut him's not going to save us any money. We could trade him post June 1st, it looks like. And even then the dead cap's like six, almost six million and the savings is a little over six, so. It's one of those things, like I said, I'd be, hey, man. Look, I'd, I'd just be texting him pictures of Cancun every day. Like, it's pretty my, sweet. Mojitos. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd be like, hey, man. I, I don't think I'd be sending pictures of Cleveland, and like, in the cold, or pictures of busted up knuckles and maybe, like, his old x-ray photos. And like, I'd be, A picture oh, of Jed Wills trying to block. Yeah, like, all kinds of stuff pushing this guy to retire because I think – I think that's the because you. I don't think you're you're not going to sit Dewan. I don't know how you could. You know what I mean? I agree and, with and, that. Yeah. And you're not. You're probably not going to move. So then your best bet would be to move Dewan to left. And you know we we argued against that mid season, but if you have an entire off season to to get in there with them and work on it and transition them to the left, then do you move him to the left? But then you you're still paying Jed Wills on his fifth year this year, right? So it, yep. it's one of those things where it's a tough situation. Picking up the, the fifth-year option for Jed Wills was, like you said, it was the right decision at the time, but it's definitely tying our hands a little bit. It is now, but like I said, if we don't get to Juan Jones, if that whole thing doesn't develop, now we're going into this year going, well, we need Jed Wills. Yeah, for you sure. Know, we need Jack Conklin. Now we kind of have the luxury of 
Well, we got the Juan Jones, so maybe we can have a little flexibility, see what happens with these other guys. But Speaking of flexibility and, and where you would be if you would pick up Newsom's fifth year or not, does the cap increase sway your decision at all? Justin, do you? No, I mean, so for me, I, uh, I really I like Greg Newsom and his role with our defense in the slot. I think there's times where he, he plays really well. Now there's some times where he's not that great. I there's some times where he misses tackles and, you know, and every time he's lined up on the outside and he's got to go like against a number one, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty tough. The crazy thing for me is I've seen a lot of people saying like, yeah, we just had the cap increase and we have all this money. Now we don't, the last numbers I saw are we're still in the red. Like we're like eight million still in the red, so I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Now I trust Andrew Barry in that situation, but like for me, I'm I'm very on board with keeping that defense together as much as possible. Like I thought that what they had going on there was a special unit, and Blake's touched on it. Like we have injuries all the time in the secondary. You know what I mean? Like he he's a big believer on you can't have enough cornerbacks, whether whether they're roughing the number one spot on the outside or not. So I, I'm, I'm on board with picking up the option. You know what I mean? Because from what I've seen from some of the free agents and stuff like that, I'm not sold on spending like $28 million on like a Mike Evans or even, you know what I mean? Something like that. So I, I'd keep that defense together. Yeah, I mean, and the nice thing about the May 2nd, deadline for picking up the fifth year options is is the Browns can do the draft first if they want to. True. That's you know, true. I mean, you can go through the draft and if you end up landing a cornerback at a nice spot that you feel, wow, we got a good player here. I don't know. I just, I've seen Greg and again, this is just media stuff. None of this comes out of the, you know, from the Browns. None of this is a report. I just, I see his name float around as a potential trade piece just because he's still on that rookie deal it gives another team flexibility with a guy who's a pretty good cornerback in the NFL so far. And I just think I, I don't see the rush. If the Browns want to wait till May 1st, May 2nd to actually pull the trigger on that. Cool. I mean, go through the draft first. I don't see any problem with that. As it stands now, I would, I would pick it up. If it, if the deadline was tomorrow. Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. Yep. For I sure. I, I, I do like the idea of you can do the draft. I obviously I haven't looked in to see, what corners are available and it, what position we would be in to get them or whatever. But as it stands today, I, like you said, you can't have too many corners. Right. Because these guys, all of them, miss a game here and there. And we saw – I mean, a game makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't want to go into a game, especially we, we, we got some – teams coming in this year yeah we do you know what i mean like we're not playing we're not playing a bum schedule we got we got a tough schedule this year and uh so i don't i don't want to miss a game because we had to start practice squad guys at the corners uh because we let greg newsom go or traded him for somebody who's doing nothing on the other side of the ball um so i i would pick up his option i think he's coachable i think he likes being in cleveland i like the energy he plays with somebody said I wish he'd stop dancing after ever, after he makes an ordinary tackle. I don't mind that, bro. Well, I think that's part the of the thing swag is of the Jim, defense. Jim Schwartz yes. encouraged that. Yeah, yeah. I I think you got to let the guys play. You got to let them have a personality. If his personality and that's what gets them up and gets them going and keeps them fired up and gets them to play at a high level, let them do what they want. In Denzel Ward does it too. Like he does his his celebration thing after every incomplete pass. I 
just, you know, the thing is, if these guys are going out there with the mentality that they're a badass elite top of the league defense, they're more likely to play like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did. Got to manifest it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? So, no, I, I agree. Um, I guess we can kind of then transition into, so with the cap increase, we're still in the red. Uh, you got to think Andrew Barry's going to uh, rework contracts. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I would definitely uh, see us, we're going to be, we're going to have money to spend. I'm not going to say we're going to have $100 million to go out and go crazy, but we're going to have money to do, I would say, some things to add a couple pieces if we want that kind of thing. Um, we've seen we've seen some chatter about, uh, he said his helmet's what bothers me. I he, <laughs> He definitely, his helmet is definitely weird. That's super funny. Uh, that caught my eye. It's funny how that. like we, we notice things during the games and then other people will say, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I'm not the only one seeing this. I just kind of like looked up and saw that comment and made me laugh. Um, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Danger Coffee. So uh, Browns fans, did you guys all know that 45% of the world's coffee beans contain mold toxins? Because I didn't. And apparently coffee beans can contain dangerous mold toxins from the way they're grown or stored. Now, don't freak out. Most of that coffee, I I guess, contains low enough levels of toxins that you probably don't need to be overly concerned. Why even take the risk? Danger Coffee is third-party lab tested to ensure every coffee bean is free from mold toxins. So you can start your day off right knowing your fresh morning brew is not only delicious, but it's also safe to drink. I start every morning now with my Browns thermos filled with nice, hot danger coffee. And this stuff tastes amazing. I don't I don't have to worry about any of that mold toxin crap, and I get to enjoy a delicious cup of coffee. Head to DangerCoffee.com and use our code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 10% off your order. And that code can be used over and over. So you get 10% off every order with code DOGS at DangerCoffee.com. A guy that you interviewed that seemed pretty high on, I mean, your quote was, I would draft him. So I'd love to hear what you had to think about uh, McKinley Jackson out of Texas A&M. Yeah. That, that's a crazy guy. He, he's just absolutely crazy. Big bodied, uh, not very tall, 6'1", but he's 331. Uh, he's a, uh, he didn't grow up in Texas. He grew up in Mississippi, um, but he went to Texas A&M. Uh, nasty, nasty outlook, uh, nasty reputation. Um, and I think that's exactly what, what you're looking for in a defensive tackle. He penetrated through gaps pretty well, and in, um, in the seven of the sevens, his his going through a gap would also would often disrupt where a running back was, and he and so the running backs had to elude him on the back end. Um, he's able to take on bigger offensive guards and centers, and not allow them to push him around. Um, he's got like a, a a bowling ball build i guess is what i would call it um and he looks like he's got a, a good first step and good feet good agility um his lateral movement down the line uh was just so so um so as as a run play is coming um at double teams he was not able to take double teams at all but he doesn't move well laterally but he does do well as far as not giving up on the play and pursuing on the backside. I think he's got violent hands. I think I he would play beyond the whistle. Hmm. Beyond the whistle. The whistle's blowing. 
and he's still trying to beat up this guard. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I would draft him in, in five seconds. I've got a third-round grade on him. Um, I'm not saying that he could go in the second round, but if it is, he's not going to gain uh, but about 10, uh, 12 slots wherever he's drafted. I forget where the Browns are drafting in the third round. If we could get him in the third round, that would be perfect. Look at the Browns' situation at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who are we going to keep? I, what do we have? Three three that are free agents? Jordan Elliott, Shelby Harris, uh, Mo Hurst. Are all, all three of those free and agents? I would love to bring Maurice Hurst back, man. I loved having I, him on the field. I love him. Yeah. That, that's yeah. When he went down, our whole our whole defensive run stoppage game just went to bits. Yeah, and kind of as a uh, quick show- side note, I do think we could probably get Maurice Hurst back on a pretty team friendly deal because he loves being in Cleveland. Yeah. He had a ton of fun here. He's got the injury history, yep. so I think you know there's a little bit of a discount to be had there. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I like Shelby Harris too. Yeah, um, yeah. I've never, I've never uh, Elliot. I've I've had it. Uh, even though Elliot started this year, I just didn't see it. I, I've never liked Elliot. Um, I just think that he's uh, gets pushed out of position. I just like Tommy Guy. Tommy Guy got pushed out of position almost every play. Mm-hmm. So you got to yep. have somebody that's going to stand their ground. Hey, Browns fans, this is Josh, and I really appreciate you guys tuning into these dog bites. It's kind of like our Saturday release, just recapping everything that's been going on during the previous week. And now I just want to give you guys a little taste of what we talk about sometimes on our After Hours podcast. If you want to hear the full episode, if you want to hear all the bonus episodes every week that we do the After Hours show, it's jointhedogs.com. Become an official Dog Pack member. You get access to every single one of these episodes on the After Hours podcast. We This was actually... We're, what, 120, 130 episodes into this podcast now. So we've been doing it for a long time. It's a ton of fun. And if you haven't checked it out yet, now's the time to do so. You get a seven-day free trial and go watch as many as you want to on that seven-day free trial. And if you like what you see, if you if you want to stick around in the Patreon and continue to support the show, we appreciate it. And you also get access to the private Discord. So it's just a ton of fun. Join the dogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member. Here's the clip. You know, I don't know, like Alex Mack from back in the day. Did you ever watch Alex? Yeah, Mack? it's like turned into the goop secret and, world of Alex yeah, Mack. Show was dope as fuck, Dude, bro. Yes, it was. Thank show you for was bringing that up. Crazy good. Sleeper. That was good. That that's for that older generation though. Like these young kids don't know about Alex no. Mack. That shit was uh-huh. so fucking dope when I was a kid. It was like right before Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like it was oh, just that, that was Saturday good nights. Stuff were too, fucking man. all that would come on. Like it was just fire. Yeah, bro. all that. It yeah, was just man. crazy good. So, we lived a pretty good life. Yeah, bro. Like, I think about it now, and I'm like, man. These, these kids are getting kids. screwed with this oh, like, woke dude. bullshit that they're trying man, to push on these you shows. You're never it's... getting Alex Mack again. Like, no. But so uh, I finally, I settled. And even like super strength, I guess I would go with Wolverine, like just be able to like knock down walls and shit, whatever. But I decided like, I think it'd be cool to fly. Like Flying would be sweet. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like it's like Superman style, just be like, or, you know, like I'm going somewhere. <laughs> No, I don't have to pay for flights no more. You know, like uh-huh. I can go anywhere in the world, hopefully pretty quickly. Like if I'm like flying slow and it's going to take like 24 hours, I'm like, I want, I'm trying to break into banks and just give me the, give me the bank, <laughs> the bank, uh, you know, breaking into skill set for superpowers. But yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll go with fly. 
I think I'm taking something similar, but I'm going to teleport. I want to, especially living over an hour away from this studio, I would like to be able to, in the studio, done, I can just turn everything on, start recording an episode for you guys because I'm that devoted. Yeah. You know, I I thought about flying as well, Mm -hmm. but with teleporting... I can get into, I can do your rob the bank thing. Oh, yeah. I can say, just put me right in that vault. You get put all me the right skills. Back, and I don't have to even make a make a scene <laughs> or anything. I Maybe you're selling me on teleporting because I can, I mean, it'd be cool to fly, but, you know, I can rob banks still. I can. <laughs> Is it weird that one of the first things that popped in my head besides robbing a bank, Justin, was uh, think about being at like a, a sporting event or a concert and you got to take oh, a piss. Bro. Oh, Teleport. You be careful you're, you don't you're, teleport. And the thing is, I don't even somebody's like urinal. While no, I, there. Are you, I'm teleporting home. Oh, well done. To take a piss, I could take a shit. I'm teleporting home that to go to the bathroom so, all yes, the time. I didn't time. even think of it like that. That's I was thinking right, teleporting man. straight to the urinal <laughs> of the stadium because I don't want to walk my lazy ass down thirty flights of steps. And I'm, I'm skipping line. that part too, but I'm going home to do it, and then I'm oh, right back in so my clutch. seat. I'm teleporting down to the front row when that guy gets up. Like <laughs> think how much time you'd save in like yeah. going to a Browns game? You wouldn't even have to pay to go to the game. I wouldn't care about parking into anymore. the stadium, bro. Yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. No more mm-hmm. gas. I could sell my truck. I, I mean, no more payments. It'd be wonderful. I wonder if like you can touch somebody like you can teleport them also. Because mm, I just mm-hmm. thought like about the truck. Up. Like I still got to yeah, transport still, stuff. Yeah. But, all hold hands. Teleport everybody out. Yeah. Mm. Oh, this, this is like a, like a port key in Harry Potter. Yeah, we're going real deep right now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.